Chapter 3. Summon Your Dreaming Juices I had a dream once. The big dude from the tavern in the Disney movie Tangled that my daughter has watched so many times I can't think of any other quote without first thinking of that guy. So let's I'll just pretend that that was a meaningful quote and move on. After the initial sale of my ebook and shamelessly plugging it while posing as a caller to Leo Laporte's radio show, I was hooked. I only earned $300 and sales quickly slowed to a trickle, but it was a trickle nonetheless. I wish I could adequately express how I felt. The freaking internet sent me a check. It felt unreal. People I'd never met were sending me money to my PayPal account and I didn't even have to do any additional work for a sale. I set my sights. I'd had my back against the wall financially for too long and I finally saw a path forward. I was going to make an online business and nothing could stop me. Usually, our biggest dreams in life are simply ways to compensate for a past perceived failure. I failed my family financially, and now I knew how I'd compensate for it going forward. I only had to figure out how to make this goal a reality. Sales mostly ran dry after a week. Every two or three days, someone would come to the website and pick up the $5 ebook. I checked my online dashboard every few days and was disappointed to see no sales coming in at all. I immediately began working on my second book and continued writing on the site as I feigned attention in my classes. Mr. Harmer, a schoolboy kicked another boy, and then the injured boy got a freak infection in his leg. Was the boy who kicked the other child liable for the infection? I felt like saying, I have no idea, but the internet sent me a check. A few months later, I was up late watching orange dots appear on my website's map and writing a list of articles on the site. Emily was on the couch asleep beside me. I hadn't checked my ebook dashboard in a while, so I decided to see if I'd finally made a sale there yet. I was certain the new ebook craze on the iPad would have brought in sales, yet there had been absolutely zero activity on this dashboard for months. When I logged in, I found an account payable balance of $1,935.27. I couldn't understand it. Had that all happened in one day? No, it looked like the sales were spread out over a few months, but I hadn't seen anything. I dug through the entire website and finally found it. Sales were only reported quarterly. I was certain that was some kind of trick. It couldn't be real, but it was. I kneeled down in front of Emily, woke her up and said, I think I just made $2,000. We spent at least two hours reading every word on the website to ensure we weren't getting ahead of ourselves. I had actually earned almost $2,000 from my little ebook project. At least 100 more refreshes of my account dashboard later, a check was in the mail for my earnings, and I actually received it. We needed the money desperately. Emily and I didn't even have a bed, just an old mattress on the floor in our apartment. We certainly had no money for decorations in our little apartment, so Emily bought some colorful circular placemats and tacked them up on the walls. It looked about as good as you're imagining. A dream began to grow within me. Although we needed the money, I began to dream of building my online presence into an actual business rather than just a one-off side hustle I'd done to earn a couple hundred dollars from an ebook. I dared to allow myself to see something much larger and it allowed me to reinvest in a fledgling business. 
I began to dream of building my online presence into an actual business rather than just a one-off side hustle. It was about this time that Nikon announced a revolutionary new camera, the Nikon D7000. I felt sick to my stomach about spending that much money on a camera, but Emily and I decided together that there was an opportunity with this website, so we'd reinvest every single dollar we'd earned. I bought a camera, a lens, and an inexpensive tripod. We so badly needed that money that I'm amazed we didn't use it for a few necessities at home. A dream is a powerful thing, and if you'll summon your dreaming juices and allow those dreams to grow, you may find yourself taking action on things you don't yet dare vocalize to others. The dream catches fire. The website grew slowly until my third year of law school, when it saw an explosion of traffic and earnings. I continued putting out books, two, three, four, five books, and all of them were selling. They generally got positive reviews, but they were also short and homemade. At the same time, the traffic on the website continued to grow as I published articles almost every day on a wide variety of photography topics. In 2011, my traffic went from 23,000 page views per month to over 300,000 page views per month. I had a straightforward approach to getting traffic to the website. I published new articles almost daily. Because I'd spent a year watching the orange dots, I got pretty good at guessing what topics for articles would get the most traffic. On the podcasts I listened to, the hot new topic was online video courses, and I decided to sell one of my own. By this point, I had grown a significant following on Facebook. I used the 300,000 page views per month to push my website visitors over to Facebook to like our page. I had 50,000 Facebook followers at the time. I was ready to take action on what I was learning because my work energy was being fed. I had become good at writing blog posts that drove traffic, and I needed a new challenge to conquer that was measurable so I could know that people liked what I had made. After some late-night strategy meetings with Emily, we decided to sell an online photography basics course for $75. The course would last 30 days, and I'd email my students a video lesson each day. Why didn't they get all 30 lessons at once? Because I hadn't created them yet. I made the video each day to send out that night. I wanted to do a good job for my customers, and I did my best, but I was very much a new business owner making all kinds of mistakes. I created a sales funnel, introducing my Photography 101 course, and then announced it on Facebook. I was really nervous, but also extremely excited to see if someone would spend that much money on a course with me. I refreshed the page 60 seconds after making the post on Facebook, and the entire course was sold out. I'd sold 50 seats in the course at $75 each, and it was sold out in one rotation of the second hand. I stared at the PayPal balance of $3,750. I'm so sorry for whoever took my first online course. Looking back, it was an absolute train wreck. The lighting was awful, the photos I took were mediocre at best, and I looked scared to death in the video. Seriously, I'm sorry, but at the time, I was really proud of my work, and it was the best I could do. The next month, I increased the number of seats in the class to 75 and raised the price to $99. It took a whole 2 minutes and 20 seconds to sell out completely. I had earned 
$425 in two minutes. I was beside myself. The next month, I really stretched myself and took on 100 students who could email me questions or get feedback on their photos from me as often as they wanted during the 30-day class. Sure enough, it sold out in a matter of seconds. I earned almost $10,000 this time in less than a minute. I was entirely overwhelmed at this point. Full-time law school, full-time internship at the Ada County Prosecutor's Office, and running a company that was becoming quite profitable. But I couldn't stop. The virtual praise I received by seeing the numbers of people coming to my website fed my work energy and drove me to accomplish bigger and bigger feats in the business. After Emily and I had the horrible experience of buying the scam car in Florida, the replacement for that car finally died out as well. We went to the car lot expecting to buy a used car, but we found a base model Nissan Sentra for $14,000 and we bought it brand new. In 2011, my blog earned $77,843, more than a lawyer's starting salary in my area. I applied for a job as an attorney and I was offered it. My salary upon graduating from law school would be $60,000. I owed $90,000 in student loans, but I would now have my income as an attorney and the income from my website. That was exciting. I transferred from my last year of law school to a school in Idaho where I worked with low-income people with legal needs. I worked on a complicated case that was crushingly stressful for a young law student with many other things going on. My client was a widow in her 80s living in California. Her late husband was an investment advisor who'd helped clients for years with their investments, even as dementia slowly overcame his mind. The inevitable errors in his work came to light only after his death, and his widow was swamped with lawsuits. It was my responsibility to untangle a decade-long rat's nest of error-ridden paperwork. I felt pressured to get the project done, so I worked on it late every night as winter and Christmas approached. I woke up early on Christmas Eve to return to the job. I arrived to the office before the light of day and got started. A Christmas Eve decision. Around noon, I walked out of the empty conference room, across the empty office, to my empty cubicle, and saw huge flakes of snow floating down onto the downtown Boise landscape. In my mind, I could imagine the squeals of delight from my two little boys at home as they dreamed of their presence and candy and played from sunrise to sunset. Rather than feeling sad, something in me snapped. There were two boxes of papers between me and my family. Suddenly, I realized I was missing one of the most important moments of my life, Christmas Eve with my wife and two boys. From that instant on, I promised myself I was going to be in the driver's seat when it came to my career. There was no way I would allow work or poverty to control my family any longer. I did what I was supposed to do. I got a bachelor's degree and where did it lead me? To the dollar store with no other job prospects. I went to law school and where did that lead me? To $90,000 in debt and unable to provide for the basic necessities of my family alone in an empty office on Christmas Eve. Until that day, I had viewed my blog as a tremendous second income. Christmas Eve changed that. Sure, I understood that the vast majority of attorneys were not working on Christmas Eve, but I didn't want to be in a situation again where work or finances controlled us. 
I was going to take complete control. My work energy had driven me to this point in my business. I was going to pursue it. I allowed myself to dream about what life would look like if I unleashed my work energy full time. The only problem? Somehow, I had to break it to my wife, who had just spent three years caring for the kids single-handedly and sacrificing financially so I could get a law degree that I was now thinking about abandoning. You have dreams too. There is something you want to achieve. It may be as simple as learning to juggle or as complicated as changing your work to best fit your work energy. It may be repairing your marriage or meeting a sales goal. There are things you want to accomplish, and I've learned that the mere act of acknowledging those dreams can give them the life they need and drive you to accomplish them. For example, when I was 15 years old, I created a bucket list of 50 things to do in life. I created the list and mostly forgot about it for many years. I unearthed it in my old journals when I was in my 20s. I was shocked to see how many of the things on that list I had accomplished, some of them quite specific and difficult, such as singing a solo in front of 2,000 people or more and becoming a student body officer in college. I had forgotten about the specific goals I wrote down when I was 15, but merely having that list had solidified in the back of my mind the things I would do and the kind of person I would become. Now, only a decade later, I've accomplished 35 of the things on my list. Sometimes I changed the original goals I made as a teenager when they didn't reflect my current desires, but I've never nerfed any goals to make them easier. Here are a few highlights of goals that I've accomplished so far. See the Northern Lights. Read an entire dictionary from cover to cover. Buy a house with cash. Run a full 26.2 mile marathon. Coach Little League Football. Write a book that sells 2,000 copies. Save someone's life. Be a millionaire. Earn a doctorate level degree. Learn to speak a second language fluently. I was in law school earning a Juris Doctorate degree so I could mark off the doctorate level degree. I had just written an ebook that sold over 2,000 copies. It was incredible how by simply writing down that list and dreaming as a teenager effectively charted a course for my life without even realizing its effect. I had entirely forgotten about my bucket list, but because those goals had been dreamed somewhere in the back of my mind, I went after them as natural life opportunities arose. Goals are valuable whether or not they are the type of goal you mark off days on a calendar to achieve. Action step three, summon your dreaming juices. Now it's your turn to dream about what you'd like to achieve and who you would like to be in the future. Think broadly about your life as a whole rather than narrowing your focus to one specific short-term goal. Do not think of the steps you would have to take to accomplish them or whether you think you can get them done. This isn't a to-do list. This is simply a dream. Be specific about your goals. Some of them can be stupid, like reading a dictionary cover to cover, and others should shape who you become, like having a family. So write it down. What would you like to achieve? Dream like a 15-year-old who has no concept of logistics. The question is not how, but what. Some people struggle to dream because their minds immediately jump to the difficulties in achieving the goal and a determination of how practical the goal is. If this is you, I'll share one piece of advice from someone who has learned to dream big. 
Everyone is creative and wants to achieve things, but some people are too practical to allow those ideas to survive their scrutiny. Simply write down things you would like to be or do. Later, you'll learn a framework to make the logistics the simplest part of the process. I'm going to go off script for a minute because this is a huge issue for people who are incredibly capable. It seems that the more capable you become in life, the more practical you become as well. You realize how many steps are needed to accomplish a goal. You're good at implementing big ideas into your life. And so because you're good at thinking of all the steps to implement something, you kind of crush dreams when they're too big because the steps are what is discouraging you because the steps look daunting. Two ways that I see this all the time. In our business meetings at work, we often have big picture, big dream discussions where we're just discussing what is possible, what would be cool to accomplish for our customers, how we could help our customers to succeed with their online businesses. And often, very capable people can shut down those conversations by immediately leaping to steps that need to be taken in order to accomplish it, and thus making the dream seem impossible. If instead, you just allow a dream to exist, just talk about it, just get excited about it, let the fire in your bones begin to grow, and then once you have your work energy going behind the idea, then you'll be able to knock over obstacles that otherwise might seem a little bit too difficult. Yesterday, we were having a conversation with my son Ruger, and he said he wanted to take 100 trips outside of the United States. Immediately, I did this. I said, oh, Ruger, that, I mean, that would cost two or $3,000 per trip. I mean, um, you go to countries, you'd get bored, you'd sit in TSA like the rest of your life and all these details. And I realized I was doing the same thing to my own kid. What was I trying to teach him? How to be practical and never accomplish anything big in his life? I should have just let the dream exist for a minute. And then we could figure out the logistics once his work energy was behind it. Could he accomplish that? Of course he can. And because I was too quick to think of logistics, I quashed it. All right, back to the script. What experiences like I had on Christmas Eve have you also had but haven't yet been able to realize? Retire early, love your job again, get promoted, earn your bonus at the end of this year, get married, develop a relationship with God, summon your dreaming juices. You won't be asked to make a goal like we're all taught in school. It doesn't have to be specific, measurable, time-bound, etc. It may be, but it doesn't have to be. Just like my bucket list with no end date except the end of my life, some goals can be very effective without locking you into a specific schedule. Other goals, like achieving a sales target, do need specific requirements to hold your feet to the fire. While most people can quickly identify things that they've dreamed in their future, others struggle to have such a clear vision. If that's the case, I'd encourage you to make a full bucket list of 50 things to do in life. It has served me well in clarifying in my mind where I want to go. Look up others' bucket lists online and get inspired. Talk to your family and friends and ask them what they want to do. Dream a future. Here's your chance to become something that you aren't today. 
Here's your chance to go somewhere or do something you've never done before. What is it?